to Book Pile Banter. This is Amberly with Sarah and Kim, and today we are going to discuss Network Effect, which is going to be our final book before our break. And Network Effect came out in 2020 and is published by Martha Wells. If you want more information about Martha Wells, you got to go all the way back to All Systems Red, but we do have information. This is the sixth, well, the technically the fifth book in the Murderbot Diary series. We are doing it as our sixth read. And the plot is Murderbot has been contracted by Preservation Station to assist with a mission. And all goes smoothly until they head home. An unknown ship with mysterious gray beings attacks them and kidnaps Murderbot and one of its clients. Okay, so, Sarah, how did you feel about this book? I greatly enjoyed this book. I love this book. It's a really good book. Um, and it's the first I mean, full length. For Murderbot, yes. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Um, and, I mean, technically, while I do believe I enjoy the Roxura series slightly more, only slightly, I love them both very deeply, I feel like Network Effect is the best book of all the ones that I've read from, you know, both of those. Okay. Kim. I love this book. Love it. Love it. Um, yeah, that's, that's all I'll say for now. Okay. Well, is it better than Witch King or? Oh, better than Witch King. Hmm. Um, it has, <laughs> it has depth to it. So right mm -hmm. now, yes, it's better than Witch King. Um, and Witch King is not science fiction, so it, um, reads totally different. I would, I would be more inclined to compare Witch King to Roxura than, um, than Network Effect. You've got your hand raised? Yeah. What? Is Witch King part of a series or is it a standalone? Do you it's know? going to be, yes. Going to be um, a series? gonna because be I asked, yes. okay <laughs> like, yeah yeah I, know. I asked I you an either or I, you said I yes. answered the first <laughs> portion before you you finished it's gonna be a series um oh do I no I they're they're very different so I I wouldn't yeah. compare okay. these two to I was each curious because Sarah was saying this was her all-time full-length novel favorite so I was curious if you felt the same or could even oh Sarah made a hand motion and is now making faces <laughs> don't right, know what's okay. going on yeah yeah ah, <laughs> oh okay. she got a phone call so um but anyway so no i i it's it, it would be i would compare it to ruxura before i would and so far i like witch king better than Two. the ruxura's Okay. Whatever portion of that, because I don't think we read the series; we only read a book. We just read the first book. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I I would say I like Witch King better. There is a significant because I remember the the Roxura one. The the um beginning was a little weird, and and the main character was he was a little difficult to like. Um, the Witch King, the main character, I like him. He's he's cool. He's cool. Okay. Okay. And Sarah missed all of that. Oh, 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 
Oh, it's painful, and we can't do anything about it. <laughs> we can't help. We can only watch in terror. Watch as she tries to pull her poor hair free. Okay, oh, manage it. Man, she's, I was wondering if, if she was going to be long gone long enough for me to uh, give input. Everything okay? Yeah, no, I just, I don't feel terribly well right now. And then, yeah, my hair okay. got all tangled in the uh, headphones. Okay. I, I can definitely relate to the not feeling well part. So um, I don't know if you could hear us because you were you were doing what you were doing. Um, no. Amber asked me which one I like better, which King or, or Network Effect. And then I said, I can't compare them. I then said that I actually liked Witch King better than the first book of the rock. The, what was it? Cloud? Cloud Roads. Yeah, I like it better than Cloud Roads. Um, the main character is uh, a bit more engaging than the main character in, in Cloud Roads. So um, there's there's one aspect to Witch King that, Sarah, I worry you're not going to like it. So otherwise, I think you'll love it. I hope so, because I actually bought it without reading it, which is not something oh. I particularly like, you know, doing. But at the same time, I haven't read a bad Martha Wells book yet, so. Yeah, no. I, it's it's a different take on how she writes, just slightly different, but um, mm -hmm. yeah, no, you're going to enjoy it. Anyway, we went off on a Witch King tangent, and Amber's dancing yeah. in the... <laughs> Go ahead. I'm skimming, okay. Uh, um. I guess it's my turn then to express whether or not I like Network Effect. Well, no, uh, you have no choice. Ominous. You must love this book. Yes, because it... I have insisted that you are going to love this book from the minute I read it. So okay. you have no choice. I will think less of you as a person if you say I didn't like it. <laughs> I, I, okay. I'm going to be totally honest here. It's just, I, yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> I get ready to follow Amber Lee on all the social media. <laughs> I know. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. The end of a friendship. If I, if I should express anything or like drag this along, I was going to attempt to pull a Sarah. Uh, <laughs> but I am no, worried you, you guys won't to... let me. Won't let me. So, <laughs> no. no. <laughs> it was okay. Bitch. <laughs> Towards enjoyable and what did you raise <laughs> what did you do wrong i okay, don't know let me, let me let me clarify it is probably my favorite out of all of the murder bot books but you enjoyed exit strategy so now i'm confused mm -hmm. you gave that one five stars or you gave mm -hmm. 4.75 i can't remember i did i did and i'm gonna caveat this okay you aren't gonna let me explain let me explain your logic is not consistent you've not <laughs> let me use any of my logic all right speak amberly okay well you guys gotta stop talking i have sarah behave <laughs> okay so <laughs> i enjoyed it i think i had two things working slightly against me that made it not quite as much as you guys enjoyed it. The first one is the speed at which I read it, which we, we made the choice to record so quickly and, and I recognize I then was rushing myself through it. So I think there were times that if I had been a little bit slower in my reading, I might've paused, digested what I read and then come back to it. And the other thing is this is the first time an audiobook has worked against a story. 
Um, so I was listening to the audiobook while I was physically reading it. And I really enjoyed the audiobook narrator for the last two books. I still enjoyed him for this book. However, I didn't enjoy his interpretation of art. Uh-huh. And so art in my head from previous books sounded slightly different. <clears throat> and so his interpretation of how he delivered art's lines made art more like aggressive and more off-putting than how I actually imagine art in my head. And so I had to like really think about how I felt for art versus how art was being portrayed. And I feel like the nuances I was perceiving from art just wasn't delivering. Um, I think the narrator is really good at doing murder bots. Not so great at doing art. And then I will say towards the end, having Murderbot, Murderbot 2.0 and the other sec unit, those multiple... Pers- huh? Three. Thank you. I couldn't remember. Um, When it got to that point, it, it got a little... A little much for me. Not in a bad way, just it was a little much that I, I needed to have slowed down at that point, but I really couldn't. Yeah, so. I can see where that part would be if you're if you're doing it at, what were you doing it at two and a half, three speed? Two speed. Two speed. I, I can see where that part would get muddled, not so much confusing, because they it, it, in the writing it was very clear who was, you know, which which one we were addressing. Um which I was visually looking at it, but it didn't give me a chance to like sit on three's parts or sit on Murderbot two's parts. It was very much one after the other, one after the other, plot escalating. I loved how different Murderbot and three were, even though yeah. they're supposed to be kind of the same. But you know, and that's where I I enjoyed the whole. You got you kind of sat back in your head and went, okay, why are they different if it's the same? But Three was just fully created, and Murderbot has a history you mean of Murderbot having their two point oh. Oh, sec is the sec unit was three. You're right, two point yeah. oh. Sorry, I apologize. Yeah. <laughs> um, so now, now, you no, know, yeah, that just rebooted my brain. Um, so I will agree with you. I think one of the things I liked was. With Murderbot 2.0, it was interesting to take away the physicality that Murderbot has. I feel like a lot of Murderbot 2.0's reactions and like their willingness to just share the help me file was because they didn't have those human components possibly regulating their responses. While as Murderbot still has human components that cause reactions, that we get a lot of sometimes things make Murderbot physically uncomfortable and physically nervous that it feels like Murderbot 2.0 didn't have that and so didn't think, oh, maybe I should hesitate to do this. Do you guys agree? Disagree? Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I also think it it maybe speaks to who Murderbot was. Because, I mean, we we still don't know in all of these stories what actually happened to Murderbot. Um, yeah. We know that Murderbot believes 
that they committed a mass murder. But we, we I mean, we've not got really solid proof that Murderbot actually did those things. And I thought we did when it went to Ganaka Pit in artificial condition. I mean, I guess it never found like video footage of it doing it, but it had confirmed what had happened. I you know, I, I would have to go back and read it again to to really know whether I because I don't feel like we know for sure that Murderbot actually did these things. Um, or you know, we know for sure, but we don't have any any whys. Um, so we you know we don't know what what happened in any detail. So yeah, I I from what I remember, we get a confirmation that something did in fact happen that Murderbot was the active doer in that situation, but we still don't know what really truly triggered the doing. So we don't know if it was a justified doing, unjustified doing. I thought it had something to do with the corrupted governor module. And that's why it hacked it, because it did not want to be used to murder people again like that. And that could be it. I I, I don't remember it well enough to definitively say. I feel like the why is still up in the air. I always pay way more attention to the art sections of that book than, you know, the sections where it's interacting with art, not, yeah. not like artistry or whatever you know yeah yeah um then the ganaka pit part so yeah my memory on that is very incomplete yeah um but anyway where i was gonna go with that was 2.0 is is was is just more pure in its responses to the Mm -hmm. environment Mm -hmm. and and i like it it's almost and i and i I don't not to bring up nona the ninth but um (laughs) But you know when we you went into Nona, Nona. Nona, I know, right. and I was like, "Oh fuck!" Someone's gonna point that out as soon as I made that noise. It's like <laughs> it just reminded me of the trilogy as a whole. And I, I know, I know. Yeah, go ahead. No, Kim. but the, when we when we switched into Nona and we got this childlike quality to Nona, that made Nona appealing. Um, and I like this 2.0's kind of childlike quality to him i think it makes 2.0 appealing also in a similar way that nona was was appealing i wasn't comparing the books in any way shape or form because as and i like nona fine this book is like far superior to nona it it just just is oh Preach. see now i liked nona more Fuck off. but <laughs> but uh, I, the other thing I'll point out, the kind of the element that we're not discussing when it comes to Murderbot 2.0 or we haven't discussed yet, is I think also Murderbot 2.0, and I'm just going to say 2.0, 2.0 also has the, I'm going to say the, the the why factor that it's getting from art, which is art is very assertive. And art did participate in that coding, and I can't help but find Murderbot 2.0 to have like essentially obtained its parental authority assertiveness um where it feels comfortable making decisions much more than murderbot does murderbot makes decisions perfectly fine but i feel like 2.0 is so assured in its actions that it doesn't think about its actions it just does and that feels very art to me i loved the whole subtext of art and and murderbot having a baby i thought that was (laughs) hilarious um 
especially since both of them were just like absolutely mystified. And then the girl comes in and goes, right, you're putting two codes together and creating a whole other code. What do you think humans do? <laughs> yeah, I like I like Amina. I think actually Amina was yep. probably my favorite character in the entire thing. Whether you guys agree with me or not, I, I liked. She's oh no, I, I like her. I kind of hope she manages to continue to be there with Art and Murderbot in the next book. And I think it was kind of being hinted at with her looking at information about the university that she might actually see about exploring beyond preservation. Um, And I would love to see that, particularly as she kind of becomes this weird in-between regulator of... (laughs) their relationship um (laughs) and it it kind of makes sense like of every character who could come in and like know how to help them regulate this is the fact that she's grown up with a poly family so she's watched three adults negotiate around each other and and, and how to be the healthy in between when the other two might be at odds so i could see her stepping in and and being able to kind of help these two navigate it without ever feel like she's taking a side or she's trying to push one or the other towards her preference. Well, and I also think it it was very clear that that there was a, an attempt to represent that preservation is kind of this pure society and and suddenly she is seeing the world and and not necessarily liking what she's seeing, but she's been raised by people who are very active in in how they function you know they they on preservation if you do something uh, this is my impression of preservation i don't think this has come out quite as overtly as i'm going to say it but you know if somebody's doing something wrong you you're con- confrontational about it you you say this is wrong you, you you can't do this and i i her experiences in the world were suddenly very eye-opening i think for her and so i, I don't see her just staying on preservation and living her life there I see her wanting to be out in the universe and, and wanting to uh, make changes in the universe. So, yeah. And I, I don't, I don't think Mensa will safely allow her out unless she's with Murderbot. Yep. <laughs> um, at least not until she has more experience. So I'm hoping it means that the next book has Amina art and Murderbot working with um, the university. Cause I can't remember what. No, it's long. Yeah. Something Tideland. It ends in Tideland. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so I'm hoping that means that we will see her moving forward with them. Uh, I will say the one thing that kind of threw me is I feel like at the beginning of the book, and I know this was the pre- perception of the other characters, but it was kind of informing my decision, is there was these hints that everyone thought that Mensa and Murderbot were having some kind of romantic relationship for lack of better wording for it and i kind of thought we were going in that direction so when art then shows up and it's hinted that that art and murderbot actually might have more of a a romantic feels weird but having more of a romantic relationship it kind of threw me off because i was anticipating the build of one and then it like swapped to the build of the other so I kind of got that feeling also, but I I worked my brain through it and came to the conclusion it wasn't so much that they were worried about a rom- romantic relationship as they were worried about a codependency. 
Um, and so I, I was able to, to kind of work my way around to that. What do you think, Sarah? Do you think more codependency or do you think more romantic? That the characters were worried about? Yeah. Or what it, what actually was, however you want to take that. Yeah. I mean, Murderbot has no romantic inclinations towards humans whatsoever. So, um, I mean, yeah, I just, more of a codependency sort of thing. Um, okay. See, I feel like, I feel like with Mensa, there's hints that it could be not, not romantic in the like, okay, let me clarify, not sexual. I think there is no sexual component to it whatsoever, just purely romantic. Um, and what I mean by that is I remember there being a, a portion where Murderbot actually wants to reach for Mensa and like actually wants to initiate physical contact. And I think it was like, just like holding their hand or something. Um, and that's what keyed me into maybe this is romantic. The idea that you're getting comfort from another individual that you need them in your life. Um, but beyond just a friendship is what it felt like. Yeah. And I, and I would agree with that if we didn't have the, the also story of Murderbot pushing Mensa into getting the, the therapy and, and in a way of, of making Mensa less dependent. Um, yeah. So, and, and helping Mensa break free of, of her trauma. Um, yeah. So I, and, and, and I don't, I, I don't think either, interpretation is right or wrong a murderbot is learning to be what it is um and that is progressing to interacting with people and other bots um on such a level that you know when all murderbot wants to do is sit down and watch television for lack of a better phrase the feed um serials and realizing now, after all of this time, it really actually does want to interact with others. Yeah. Just not as limited as humans do. Yeah. Which, for me, I was just saying initially was that I thought the story was leading towards Mensa and Murderbot figuring out their dynamic. And then it, it did like a 180 on me and threw me as to what I was expecting. Which I'm perfectly fine with. It just that also... With the speed that I was reading at, I was trapping to process that much quicker than I think I initially would have. Um, you are not very talkative, Sarah. I mean, you guys are chatting away. <laughs> Will you have any thoughts? Anything you want to discuss? I will. Did you say I will? You said, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. Because I hinted, I mean, hint at it. I pointed out. So, what did you guys think of the relationship between Art and Murderbot? Do you like where it's at at this point? Do you think it's going to progress more, progress less? <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's it. You like I that? Liked, there's, there's. I liked how we came into the book and some mysterious thing happens and then we find out it's art's ship and i'm like well art is there art is there art is there obviously art is there um and then art comes out and he's just being i say he art comes across as a he to me um rather than 
non-binary or, or yeah you're than yeah. it yeah yeah um but um and it's just like he's being an asshole it's like art come on what what happened to the cool dude that was in the what two or three books previous um and then you find out art's just desperate he's his humans are are in trouble and he wants them rescued and he knows there is one in the universe that can do it and he's going to do anything it takes to get Murderbot there but is so arrogant in his suppositions on life that unless he kidnapped Murderbot he wouldn't necessarily be able to guarantee Murderbot would come and help when all he had to do was ask and Murderbot would have been there it would have been so simple and none of this conflict um but, but again, really murder- had the opportunity to ask I don't because know. it was already taken know. over at that point. And so, I, like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I love the but irony that's, that's that he was like willing, it. willing to put murder bots, humans at risk in order to save its humans. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I do find that like interesting that art does function under its needs sometimes are a higher value than others. And I like the fact that Murderbot can see the, um, oh, how do I phrase it? The underlying art, the, the, you know, the art that is actually caring and wanting to help, but is, is so uh, narcissistic. It's that- good yeah too smart for its own good narcissistic in its in its endeavors um but but is i mean willing to do what it takes to uh help others as long as it doesn't conflict with its needs (laughs) well it cares about its crew above all else that's all it cares about well and it is a transportation machine so by the end of the book yeah it's just like I'm gonna blow up the colony. I'm gonna blow up the colony because they took Murderbot. So like, fuck them. <laughs> yep. Everyone's like, could we back off on this just a little bit? Just a little no. bit. Maybe killing the planet isn't a good idea. Yeah, I um, love art. So, oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say like the first time reading this book and you get to page when you're reading the hard copy I think it's 68 and that's where they say art has been deleted and then Murderbot is just going on like a rampage that part is so good but it like that's like one where I get really emotionally invested and even the second time around when I know art is still there like I still feel it and I just feel like it's really well written too because the author doesn't spend all this time on like this introspection about how agonized Murderbot yeah. feels or anything like that. It's just very clear in how it reacts and how it's acting and like how Amina is like, why are you mad at me? And I'm like, I'm not mad at you, but it just because its face is pissed off because it is enraged. So good. And this author is so good at showing instead of telling. And that's where, you know, all of this introspection and I'm talking to myself so many authors these days think that's showing that's not showing that's that's telling it's just telling internally out of this person's mm-hmm. brain and i get so tired of that yeah, it's like we got it, it. like have some yeah. faith in your readers that we can figure yeah. out these yeah. thought processes with let much the less actions words. yeah let the actions of this character show us 
how it feels rather than you telling us or having the character tell us. I don't I don't need the character to tell me. I need its facial expressions. I need the people's reactions to it losing its shit. Um, you know, I need that. That's what I want. And that's what I like this this author so much. He is so good. However, I will say the thing that I actually like best about that entire thing is the realness of once art is back, Murderbot is so mad. Mm-hmm. And it's it's that like, and I don't I don't know how many people have ever experienced this. I having a nephew, there are times when he says or does things where I am so scared in the moment, and then afterwards I'm so angry that he scared mm-hmm. me. And every and like, every parent has that reaction with a child. Every parent does. It's it's and, and there's like inevitable. No, physical way to stop the like swing back to the anger mm-hmm. and it's just and it, it, it suddenly turns off all of your logical processing where you should just be happy and relieved and it's just like no i am angry i was so scared i have to be angry now because you hug them and then you shake them Take yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and a lot of the times i find in books they don't do that swing back it's this like mm-hmm. ultimate fear and then it's like Oh my God, you're here. I just need to physically love you. It's like, no, you know, sometimes your fear is so strong in order to compensate. You just get angry, angry. You're just mad. You just, you need to physically separate yourself from that person. You need to verbally separate yourself from that person in order to regain that self-control. Yep. So I could definitely, I don't know. Can you relate to that, Sarah? I don't know that you've ever experienced that. I don't know. I, that's why I'm asking. Can you relate to that? It's like, have you ever cared so much about something? And you know, but no, you don't really feel emotions, do you? Um, you work very hard to come off like you don't feel emotions, which is why I didn't want to assume that you could relate or not. I don't actually know, to be honest. Um, <laughs> but you can you can relate to I mean, the writing. I can get of it. angry, certainly, but yes, yeah. well, kind of. Um, cause it's like when reading this book in particular, I mean, it comes off as Murderbot being angry that Art set it up like that and endangered its humans. Um, and maybe that was an overreaction spurred in part by just the whole thinking Art was dead and, you know, having that relief. But when reading it, it's a, I get it, but I also be like, why are you so mad, dude? Um, oh, no. See, I'm like, yeah, you be mad at Art. How dare he scare you? <laughs> and that's funny. I was between the two. It's like, okay, you're mad. Now it's time to let it go. It's, you know, we, we still have to uh, engage in those that we care about. We can't just uh, block them out. But it's also part of Murderbot's psychological development. It's, it's, it, it's going to take... A, a creature we'll call it for lack of a better phrase a, a bit more time if it's their first time experiencing it and um so yeah it took a little little prompting from amina and and um all of that to well, help murderbot process and i'll say it is actually a great example of and why i think i probably the most related to it when you're someone who has the potential to feel things in such extremes and you work so hard to emotionally regulate you yourself, and then you have someone who like 
triggers that inability to emotionally regulate, it then really does become hard to like control the counter response in order to get back to the emotional regulation. And I feel like that's what Murderbot was experiencing is, is Murderbot works very hard to regulate how it reacts to situations in terms of its anxiety. It's, it's, you know, masking for lack of better word it spends a lot of time masking in order to handle situations and then it hits this moment yeah and then it hits (laughs) this moment where it's not masking it's not thinking about whether or not it's humans are interpreting it as mad or not it is purely reacting um and i know when i have those moments where something triggers like a strong emotional reaction i then have that like counterpoint where i'm mad that something's caused me to react when i don't like showing that level of reaction uh so i thought it was beautifully done so oh yeah probably one of my favorite parts of the entire book she writes emotion very very well what did you say sarah i said this whole whole book book is is beautiful yeah yes but that's probably one of my favorite parts yeah (laughs) so uh you keep looking at your time, Kim. Are you are we good? No, I'm looking at text messages coming through. I'm I'm fine. As okay. far as like, if you're worried about my charge, I'm still plugged in, so I'm I'm good. Okay. Um, okay. Just well, I also yeah. Know we still haven't eaten dinner, so I was just kind of yep. doing a time check. Are there yep. other key things that you guys want to discuss? Want to bring up? Have I missed anything so far? I like that there's this through story that we, unless, because apparently I don't remember details as well as you guys do. I've, I've learned this as we've done this for however long we've done it. Um, I like the underlying, there is something going on with alien artifacts that is brought up in each book. And there is clearly something more going on. And I'm supposing we're going to get some sort of either introduction or resolution to that in in the next book which i can't wait for um so yeah i like that i like that but maybe there is a there is more being presented there that i'm picking up um at the moment my dog is licking his bed and my brain is 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 losing its shit over this because it's disgusting sound ronin stop uh yeah, I like the continuous build that we're getting up. getting from the alien remnants. Bye, Kim. Nope, <laughs> I'm back. I just right side up. over. <laughs> <laughs> I hit my dog um, with a pillow lightly. Don't everybody freak out. It was just a bump. Anyway, why was there all that I... blood then? <laughs> You're terrible. You're horrible. <laughs> it's a very soft pillow. He's fine. Now he's staring um, at because he hasn't been fed yet. <laughs> anyways, what I was going to say is, yeah, I like, we've had this slow build to alien remnants. You know, we had in the first book the threat of it and what it means, like if they were to actually come across it. And there's clearly something going on with all of these corporations where they want it, but they can't have it. Well, they don't necessarily want it all the time. Sometimes if it seems yeah. useful, but like majority of the time it just kills everyone so yeah um, well i think it's a, a a nice uh nice uh commentary on corporations and mm. their inability to see things um 
in a good light, meaning they make bad decisions uh, without over safety. Great, yeah, yeah, without the greater good in consideration at all. Yeah. So yeah. Um, but yeah, I like this, and it it feels like it's building to more to me. I don't know if Sarah feels this way. I feel like we've hit this escalation where we know that there's more than just the corporation rim. We know there are these colonies that have just kind of been abandoned. And I can't help but suspect if we're going to hit a point where we discover that there are others who are truly managing to cohabitate with the alien remnants, uh, particularly because this seemed to imply that human augmentation was the problem, not humans coming into contact with it. Well, no, humans came into contact with it and it was like digitally transmitted. So all the augmented humans were much more vulnerable to it. Um, But I couldn't, and I guess I couldn't figure out with the hive minds. I thought the hive minds were the human augmented individuals. I don't know that there was a hive mind. There was just target control, which was the original infected one in that room Mm -hmm. that, um, Mm -hmm. how did it, oh no, it got blown up by the pathfinder. I was like, how did it die? It was like invulnerable. So that was like just the cause of it. And it was just spreading the virus to everyone who had scanning features, which was probably a lot of augmented peeps. Um, but I don't think there was a hive mind. I think it was just that. Well, there, was, there were some who thought they were part of a hive because they were the two factions. Yeah, because they were being driven who, crazy. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I was taking it as those who were kind of like really being driven crazy were the augmented individuals. Probably. But again, that's because it was like a digital virus. It was target control system, I think. Um, which is yeah, that's why I'm wondering over. if we're gonna gonna find out that like there's gonna be places where people have reverted out of the reliability uh, on technology and maybe have stabilized with alien remnants, as opposed to those who rely heavily on augmentation technology I mean... and therefore can't cohabitate with this foreign entity maybe i don't know because the minute these guys got infected with it everything started to fall apart the infected ones were really aggressive um well you can't say the minute it was 60 years it was it was it was a considerable amount of time well there was the old one and there was like 39 years ago um yeah and even yeah. then, it wasn't thirty nine years. Thirty nine years ago was when they first made recontact, yeah, um, adamantine right. or whatever. And then they were storing stuff in that old shaft, and something broke open the seal. Uh, so we don't yeah. know how long that took. I don't think, but um, yeah, we really don't know. Yeah, I'm really yeah. I, I I don't. I'm really excited for the next book. I I think the I next mean, it's book called is system going to be... collapse. So like, yeah, that would kind of imply that maybe you know an ecosystem gonna, or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know about the alien. I don't know because like with the Raxura, there was always as background plots um, stuff going on with ancient civilizations that once existed and no longer did, um, and so they would play a part in each book. But as an overall like ar- overarching thing. There wasn't really an, it wasn't all connected in the end. Mm. Um, so I really don't know which way she'll go with that, especially because the remnants 
the way it's described, it sounds like they're not all one or from one singular thing. Like they're all yeah. different random elements. Well, and I think it also harkens into the belief system that the reason why we haven't encountered aliens is because we can't all have existed at the same time or they're, you know, this, the, the likelihood of there being an alien species in existence at the same time that is, that are both capable of interstellar travel just isn't likely to happen. So my impression is kind of these are aliens that have existed prior to this and left remnants of themselves behind Mm -hmm. and we're coming across them and whatever is was them in for whatever ways we're not compatible with them um and yet we're going on to planets and and it could be we're going on to planets and terraforming them to try to force the planets to be what we can occupy but they were occupied by something else previously and so those two things aren't necessarily compatible so but we'll see in November, I think the book comes out in November. Yeah, which means we aren't doing it for the podcast until like January. Jim's still gonna read it. We can't stop her. No, it's I a know. fact. It's a fact. You can't stop me. You're not like, gonna just have to like, assign like a stop lot of you, books. Sarah. Just assign. Like, like we can stop you. You're gonna read it too when it comes out. I know you. You don't know that. Yes, we do. I held off on the golden enclaves. Did I not? I had it in my hand, and I, I had don't to put think it back. you like the Golden Enclaves as much as you like this book. I don't know. I really enjoyed reading those books. Um, I'm not sure. Which is really I funny because I remember giving the first one to you, and you're like, oh, I don't know about. This. It was about a magical school, like. I know you were like <laughs> so like but I'm not so sure. So. One of those snarky, sarcastic characters. Hmm. It's almost Who like I know thought? your character types. <laughs> You're going to hate the Witch King. <laughs> Are they not sarcastic? I think she was, I was being, being sarcastic. I was being sarcastic. Oh, you're, sorry. You're you going have no to... inflection in your tone to indicate. I, I play my sarcasm hard. Makes it difficult. <laughs> I know. There's a point behind that. Anyway, Amber looks like she's checking out. No. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh. And just give us a wide-eyed stare there, so yeah. kind of weird. <laughs> anyway, so what? Uh, what did you guys think of Tiago? Say it again. What did you guys think of Tiago? Oh, Tiago, the uh, uncle, Mensa's brother. Yeah, the uncle. I mean, it's uncle. Married in, brother-in-law, I think. He got himself held hostage, like, in the opening sequence. He's a bit of an obnoxious jerk, but he came around, kind of. I think think in every book, it's one of the the tropes that she does in every book, is that there's one that is anti-murder bot, sec unit, whatever, all of that. Um, And I think... Tiago kind of fell into that. Oh, see, I think it was showing us how Murderbot doesn't always understand people as well as Murderbot thinks. I don't think Tiago ever, like, 
was anti-Murderbot. I think he was a cautious human being, and Murderbot was misunderstanding him the entire time, and it put them at odds. Yeah, could very well be. Um, So I kind of, I actually liked that, the fact that, I'm going to say my favorite thing, it actually made Murderbot an unreliable narrator when it came to Murderbot's (laughs) perception of Tiago. And yet the book was only okay. It was (laughs) kind of enjoyable. (laughs) Oh, too funny. So I, I did like that. I liked that. It, it reminded us that Murderbot is not all-knowing of humans. Not that I think Murderbot is ever all-knowing of humans, but there's a certain level of we trust Murderbot's perception, and so far Murderbot's perception has been spot-on for all things, I think, except for Tiago. Most things. <laughs> Most things. But, like, its interpretation of human reactions and actions is usually pretty solid. Um, and I think Tiago was a great reminder I mean, that there yeah. is some fallacy still there. I mean, it certainly didn't understand the preservation team for quite a while, where it kept assuming yeah, other things about like, their intentions were not as pure as they actually were. Yeah, but as it it has progressed, we've come to trust Murderbot's perception more and more. And I think at this point, it, it feels almost infallible how it handles situations. So for Tiago to be thrown in there and like, Murderbot to be like, oh, he doesn't like me. He wants me gone. And Tiago's like, no, I like you. I just, I question things. <laughs> it's like, fair. Fair. It's, it's good to be reminded that Murderbot is not 100% still on its interpretations of humans. So, I almost yeah. read that out loud. <laughs> <laughs> um... No, I, I I agree. I like I like the secondary characters in these books are phenomenal because they speak so much. They're individuals. They they don't just focus on Murderbot, but they speak so much to Murderbot and um, mm-hmm. helping the reader understand that there's more to Murderbot than what Murderbot goes through in its, in its own reflections on itself, because Murderbot doesn't like itself very much. Um, and, and does a lot of self deprecating behaviors. And, um, and I think that the uh, secondary characters enable the viewer to the viewer the reader to appreciate that despite the things murderbot says about itself um they're still a really likable character there um and it's a developing character well and i think clearly martha wells which each of these characters fully fleshes them out as if they were a main character even if she's not actually going to use them as a main character i never go "Mm, did she really think that person through and i have definitely read other stories where i'm like what this is just a device this isn't a person well it's like hermione hermione from harry potter she was she was a plot device she was there to enable the plot to shift or move forward when you've reached a block point um, yeah. None of these characters are that in these books. They are, they are um, individual. Oh my God. 
<laughs> there was a hair in my mouth and I didn't like the sensation. <laughs> the looks on your face, it was impossible to go forward with it. I'm sorry. Anyway. I'm, I'm having sensory issues today and that was not a good <laughs> sensation. Um, but yeah, no, murder... Like I said in our last little discussion, she is easily becoming one of my favorite writers of all time. She, Martha Wells is an exceptionally good writer. Um, she's a more basic writer. She's, there's not a lot of flower to her writing. Flower meaning flowery, not like the white stuff that she's you put into She's not so cakes. like, uh, she's not Purple. so liter- literary in her yeah. style. What did you say, Sarah? Purple purple prose yeah yeah she doesn't do that but that's the type of writing i like has amberly not heard that term before you've never heard purple prose I'm not sure. it's when you overwrite something it's 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 embellishment to the to you've never no, heard that before i don't How funny. think i've heard purple prose yeah no that's a thing but I've never liked that kind of writing as much. I mean, yes, I'll read it. I've read people, writers that write that way. But I would say Anne McCaffrey is not that type of writer. It's it's more basic. It's more to the point. You you don't spend a lot of time with all of the descriptions. Yet she describes everything, meaning Martha Wells, also Anne McCaffrey, um, describes everything that's going on. It just doesn't have to be described in minute detail to where you're, you know, you're looking at the the rivets in the wall and you're it, it, it's just like none of that is necessary just please can we tell the story go on sarah i know you're going to talk about who who does do that what no? writes okay. purple prose quite a few authors that i've read i know but i was thinking i was waiting for Who's you to be like you mean like gideon the nine I don't like Gideon the Ninth. No, Gideon the Ninth doesn't do that as bad as some do. Okay, no, it's bad. It definitely you go a page and one action happens. One action with like (laughs) fucking eighteen paragraphs smushed together on one page, and it's like I am glad it took three chapters for them to move out of a room. You know. (laughs) But it's not purple prose. It's it's introspection and all of that. It. That, uh, Nona does not fall under purple prose. That well, one... Nona wasn't that heavy on it either. Um, yeah. I mean, she... Yeah. But I mean, like, the Caro, my God. But that was mostly introspection. But there were also yeah. very descriptive chapters that I definitely skimmed through because I was like, I don't care what this looks like. And it was just... I would still not put... I can't remember the, the author's name. Tunes. The Lock Tombs under Purple Prose. The one where um, where I went off on the, the, the girl being so tall and the guy being tall. I don't remember the name of the book. Uh, Was that the uh, Blood, Blood Nash? Blood Nash, yeah. Yeah. That's Purple Prose. <laughs> With oh, stupid sex scenes thrown in the middle. It, 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 mm, mm. I swear to God, if you guys ever make me read that writer again, I, I will lose my oh, man. shit. Oh man, do you guys want to read from Blood and Ash? From uh uh the male point of view? No. Of course she wrote a male point of view version. Yeah, of it it's gonna be coming out not? in July. Oh god. What a no. treat. 
Please don't make me read that awful, awful writer again. Please. I am begging you. Not even for the Gargoyle series? No. No, I don't want her to ruin Gargoyles. I love Gargoyles. Okay. No, I don't know. Does no. this mean we don't have to read Elicto the Ninth? Since <laughs> I would rather wander out into traffic than I, crack open. I don't care if we don't read Electo. I'm going to read Electo. Um, but no, I don't care if we don't read Electo for the podcast. But you know, our our like, um do a podcast month of books that torture mommy you might have a different point of view. A month of torture? Why is that so cruel? Because because it would be like two books and it would be one that tortures Kim and one that tortures Sarah. With overlap that both probably torture you both. So in one month or wait, so would this be like one month total or is it like yeah. a month of this tortures Sarah and then a month of this tortures Kim? But of course no, that's no, gonna be no, this tortures Sarah and Kim because we have tend to have similar similar points of reactions. View. Yeah. Similar, tend to. And then Amber Lee will just be like Skipping along. I like it all. (laughs) Unreliable narrator. It was great. (laughs) It was was impenetrable. (laughs) Oh, we're getting flipped off. (laughs) Typical. Options. Options for themes. No, we can discuss that at a later date. Not on this. I've got to make dinner at 6.15 and the dogs have not been fed. I don't know why, but the dogs have not been fed whatever okay so you guys want to move towards ratings then yes i guess what you, you want to talk more about the book mm-hmm. no 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 truth what more did you want to discuss i don't know if there's anything that i have to discuss it's really much of a discussion but i will say another part that i really liked which was right by the end was when they were going to bring mensa aboard art and Murderbot was really confused as to why Art wanted like it to be all cleaned up inside and to make a good mm-hmm. impression on Mensa and why Art seemed to genuinely want to meet Mensa and Murderbot just did not understand. Yeah, yeah. I love that. It, it, yeah. <laughs> the, the interpersonal rela- relationships in this were, were so well done. So well done. And, and invested in, in all of their relationships. Um, we didn't even talk about three. Yeah, we didn't talk about three. We need to talk about three. Other than I talked about three, but I meant 2.0. You meant 2.0, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, when it came to, well, okay, two things. One, in all, terms of art and Mensa, um, and this could just be my interpretation of it, I love the positive hints this author is trying to provide when it comes to implications of polyamory or even just multi-parent multi-adult households and that it's not you know they can't be part of your life because i love you instead it's like how do i make this a functioning relationship for me and this other person because we both matter to you um so i quite like the level of depth that is going on there and that is slowly building as we're introduced to this idea that not everything is man woman love um so and then as for three 
it's kind of curious to I'm kind of curious to see if three factors in and how it's different from not having the unknown trauma that Murderbot clearly had. Um oh god. What? But it does have its own trauma in a way because <laughs> it was like friends with those other two sec units and they both got yeah. murdered. One of them got murdered yeah. in a horrible way where it just had to sit there until it got too far away and then its brain got fried. I feel really yeah. bad for that one. I find yeah. I I'm curious about this whole there are unique sec units. Yeah. Um that yeah, I feel like it's process that they are all unique. They are I wasn't sure if it was implying that all of them are. I I kind of got the impression that there I mean might... like with the governor module they can't really act on it, but I feel like this was kind of pointing out that they are actually then... their own people basically. Yeah. I would agree with you, except for Murderbot had a moment of thinking about its own unique way of seeing things. And then why was it that 2.0 viewed these other sec units that they never really got to interact as friends? There was something about 2.0 that saw a friendship there, even though, because it was said, they barely got to react, interact with each other. Um, So, yeah, it, it, Again, that's what makes this such a good book is there are interpretations to what um, is written and it's going to play out over time. I like the idea of these these different bots going around and starting to uh, um, break free. kind of break free and, and provide yeah provide the ability for these these other bots to if they choose to because it's it seems to be a choice if they choose to get rid of their governor module and then move into a regular life. Um, I loved when 2.0 started following Murderbot around because it, it became capable of having a conversation with Murderbot. Um, and Murderbot's like, well, okay, it's following me everywhere I go now. I guess it's time for us to talk. Um, you mean I thought three? that was just. Did I do it again? You did. Yeah, I was like, I don't remember this. I mean, I remember 2.0 being in Murderbot's head at a point, and it was like watching me dying. Yeah. If you guys knew the day I had, you would understand. Yeah. yeah. Um, so three, you liked the fact that three, three. was following Murderbot around. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. That scene where where Murder Murderbot realized that it was time to have the conversation, the talk with with talk. Uh, three. I apologize. Um, because three had gotten to the point where it, it wanted to then have that conversation. It's like, daddy, we need to talk now, you know, that type of <laughs> thing. I loved the fact that three really wanted to know how Murderbot's story ended as if it was already like concluded. Done. Yeah. <laughs> like it just, it wanted the rest of the story. And it's so funny because it clearly is that this idea that for sec units, stories drive them. Because what drove Murderbot towards individuality is being able to watch serials. And then 3 was introduced to Murderbot's experience, and it was almost like it was its own... Serial, yeah. Special serial. Yep. And so it's like, I want to know the ending to the story, and Murder's like, oh, there's there's not... What do you mean? <laughs> I'm still here. It's not over yeah. yet. <laughs> um... And so, yeah, I love the the idea that this the second three just like 
it just assumed that there was already a happy conclusion and it just it needed to know what happened next to feel safe in its own story so yeah yeah very cool all right i mean we could just we could just start at the at the bottom and just say it was five 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 because um yeah our ratings oh (laughs) you're making assumptions there Amberly's not going to give it five, 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 five. five. I was going to say my assumptions are that it, me and Sarah are giving it fives all the way across. So let's just go to you. I am not giving it five, five, five. I'm giving it tens. Oh, ooh. Okay. But so, Amberly will be like, oh no, that's not part of the rating. The rule. She never follows her like rules. Okay. <laughs> Excitement, Sarah. Five. Well, technically ten, but again, in the absence of being able to do whatever I want. Kim. Anarchy. I'm going with her ten also. <laughs> ten for you too. <laughs> ten total. Not really. Twenty. <laughs> okay. Uh for excitement, I give, I give it, it a, a five. Oh, okay. Ooh. Tell her me surprised. I'm not okay. surprised. I think she's been trying Kim. to play the long con this entire conversation. Ease of reading. Five. Sarah. Ten. <laughs> You're five. just shouting numbers. <laughs> I, five I give it a five. Emotional mm-hmm. reaction, Sarah. Yeah, this is the one where I would definitely give it like a 10 because I was on an emotional roller coaster the whole time. But again, I'll say five because that is the maximum. Kim. <laughs> five. I give it a 4.75. Mm. And heartless. that is just be What? I said heartless. Mm-hmm. However, as I said at the very beginning, I recognize that it is probably due to speed of reading and the audiobook. Um, and that's because yeah. there, there was, as I was getting to the end and we had the, the multiple points of views and I was having a hard time processing how art was being portrayed. Uh, so I had a slight dysregulation on my interpretation um, that didn't quite give it perfection. So, Sarah, overall rating? Um, like a one. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. It's a five. (laughs) (laughs) Kim? Five. Mine is a 4.75. However, my Goodreads rating would be a five. Overall, you gave it four fives and a 4.75. So that makes it a 4.75. Where did I give it four fives? I don't know how many. I don't how know how many two fives. ratings we have. I gave two fives, two fives. and a four point seven five. But and the total so, yes. doesn't always add up, or you know, isn't always consistent with the uh, category. Why we're yeah. changing our rating yeah. system? Yeah, I'm sorry. I think it should be a four point eight five. I think you should bump it up overall since you liked it more than you kind of disassociated with it just saying I'm not telling you what you felt I'm repeating what you said 
Yeah, no. Anyway, it should be a 4.92. 4.92. Thank you. I knew there was an average in there somewhere. <laughs> no, it is overall rating of 4.75 for me. Hmm. It's still better than I expected for an okay. So, there's that. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty. I guess that Any means other... the friendship can be maintained. <laughs> That's a good thing. Yeah. I don't know Again. what I'd do with all my spare time if I didn't have to read constantly. <laughs> well, you got a month to figure it out because this is our last episode until May 30th. I have a week and a half to figure it out because while this is the main episode, we're recording the next episode later or sooner rather than later. You're killing the magic. I don't you give just, a flying fuck. You just I dragged it out die. and shot it in the face. <laughs> I have a week and a half, probably closer to a week now, to read a thousand-page book, and I have to. It's like nine hundred and something pages. You guys keep rounding it up to a thousand, and it doesn't quite get that far. Nine hundred and sixty-three. Thirty-two hours. Thirty-two hours. That's like slightly more than a day. (laughs) Thirty-two hours. Work nine hours. Of every day. Let me be clear. Of those thirty-two, thirty. I want. How many tracks are there? I want to see. There are 419 tracks. What What is tracks? And you're just holding like a glowing rectangle. I hope you understand. Oh. A chapter on the audiobook. 419. Okay. <laughs> so I started, okay, we won't talk about that book. We, we'll, we'll move on. Because I was going to start, because I started reading it today. And I was listening to it because I was at work. And I was counting things because we're going to be teaching a class. So I had materials and I had to count it. I could not keep track of what was being said at all. I'm like, they're talking about shit. I have no idea. And I finally just took my headphones off and turned it off and said, I'm going to have to start this over again because I don't know what's happening at all. I had the the same problem, except I was driving and I was listening to it. And I was like, (laughs) okay, I understand. I understand. And then like, Five minutes later, I was like, I don't know what just happened in the last five minutes. We're just going to keep going. <laughs> I will say, though, I'm very intrigued by the book. I, I'm I, I'm loving the opening. This is my kind of book. So um, anyway, you two will have totally fun discussing it. <laughs> <laughs> we're totally off the track of this episode. Anyway, I got a week and a half to read this. <laughs> but... We will not have a new episode until May 30th. We will be coming back with Sarah's birthday pick. We will be revamping our system. And then we will be heading into Pride Month, which I am very excited for. So. Oh, my God. I have to tell you guys this. I am now officially dreaming in various relationships, meaning Meaning I had a dream last night where it was a male-male relationship. It's the first time it's ever happened to me. It only took, how long have we been doing this? Two years? It only took two years to rewire my brain to where I now dream in. Put the, give it a phrase for me. Um, a Killian. Well, but but it can be female female too. It, it, that would it be sapphic. But 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 you're not. But you know what I. You know what I'm saying. Heteronormative. It's not, it's not just heteronormative yeah, I'm relationships. I'm not dreaming heteronormative anymore. I I'm dreaming in. 
Dreaming and clear. Yep. <laughs> Dreaming and clear. Yeah, I had that happen recently. Like, like my brain was, and I was so excited because I'm like, why is my brain not like I'm pansexual? I feel this various ways, but my dreams already set to the heteronormative, and I'm not heteronormative. And then recently, I had it happen where it wasn't heteronormative. I was like, I woke up and I was like, oh, yeah. It felt so good to wake up from that dream and go. That was just a really pleasant relationship. Whatever it is, yeah. I can't remember the details of the dream. I just knew it was two guys and they were having this great, wonderful relationship. Were you one of them or were you just like in the background? No, no. I was, it, it was like I was writing a book. Um, oh. I dream yeah. in writing books. I don't. Or like watching a movie. Or watching a it, movie. I don't, except for I don't, I don't not, do movies. It's not me in the dream. It's me experiencing the dream. It's like I become this other me, not me, me, but like that me. So you like, still see it though as like a first person perspective, or is no. it just yeah, but like, like but where you're watching? I, I I do, but like it's not it's not Amberly being this person. It's I'm that person. So for example, one time I had a dream where I was a male Viking, and like I was a male Viking. Yeah, <laughs> I was no. not Amberly being a male Viking. Me, it's fully as if I'm writing a story. It's as if I'm creating a story, and but it's it's. The emotions like, I would be in writing all of your if dreams? I were all of my dreams. Always. I I very rarely dream as me. I, I very rarely yeah. I, I don't know how to I feel like it. I'm 50-50. Half the time it's more like I'm just dreaming about other people doing things. And then half the time it's me. But not necessarily me, just like from my perspective. And I'm either right. a different person or Sometimes I am me, and those are usually the worst of the dreams, but mm. yeah, it's... Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I... I'm always creating tangent, stories in my head, so... I always become whatever person I'm dreaming of, and I had the weird experience the other day where I was Zatanna. <laughs> oh, very cool. On a train, and, like, I woke up, and I was like, I want to go back to being her. <laughs> Why were you, me. I don't I don't want to know why you were on a train. I this That's is long just, enough as was, it is and I got things to do. That was just the setting of the dream. That was just the setting of the dream. But yeah, I'm always it's like I'm the main character and but I have no awareness of myself. Right. I am just the main character. So anyways, <laughs> on that note, our intro and outro music is by Grant Newman and is called The Battle of the Nile from Epidemic Sound. Don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe to Bookpile Banter on Spotify, Amazon Music, iTunes, or whichever platform you listen to your podcasts. We'd love to hear from you on any of our social media platforms, such as Instagram or TikTok. You can find us at book underscore pile underscore banter. You can also support us on bookshop.org. Our link is available via our social media. You can email us at bookpilebanter at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Have you-